Hello and welcome to BAFTA Podcasts. I'm Mari Kadabai and in this podcast I'm sitting down to chat to broadcaster, author and psychology lecturer Dr Claudia Hammond for Mental Health Awareness Week. Today we're talking about how watching television can help you rest and why that's so important, especially now. Welcome Claudia. Thanks very much for having me. Thank you for joining us in this virtual world. Um, I just want to begin with to ask you what your interest is in the subject of rest. Uh, so I was part of uh, a big group of us, a, a group of um, psychologists and uh, artists and filmmakers and, and all sorts of people who worked together in residency um, on the fifth floor of the Welcome Collection a couple of years ago. And we looked at the topic of rest from the viewpoint of all sorts of different disciplines. And there were composers and artists and all sorts of people. And what I really wanted to know was what a lot of people think about rest. And so with a group of psychologists, we uh, created um, an online survey, which um, many thousands, 18,000 people, in fact, from around the world, from 135 different countries filled in to try to find out what people think rest is and whether people want more rest or not. And in terms of your the book that you've written, The Art of Restfulness, you focus one chapter on television and the visual medium and how that can be seen as a form of rest in in some ways and forms. I just wondered, wondered if you could kind of talk about what you found and your findings are in kind of television in relationship to rest. Yeah, sure. So one of the things we asked people was um, which activities they found the most uh, restful. Um, and then we looked to see what it was they said about that. And in the book, The Art of Rest, what I've done is count down the top 10 most restful activities. And it was really interesting to see what was in there and what wasn't. So, for example, things like... Um, going out with friends, uh, something we'd love to do at the moment, uh, going out with friends or um, eating, those things didn't come in the top 10. But other things uh, like reading books and daydreaming and walking all did come in the top 10. And watching television was at number nine, uh, which I thought was really interesting. So it shows that you know a lot of people uh, really do watch television as their thing that's restful. And I think for a lot of us, you know, watching TV in the evening is a, uh, a kind of go-to form of rest, that it's something that's relaxing that you can do you know after you've eaten you don't have to make too much effort um, which is a very nice thing about it and it absorbs you and is escapism in a way it takes you away from what you were thinking about perhaps the things that you were worrying about and takes you into a whole another world and usually you know the worlds of other people and I think forever uh, people have been interested in stories and, and other human beings stories and sometimes people have talked about the tv as being a sort of electronic hearth that it's a thing we gather around together as a kind of group communal event and listen to other people's stories and other people's tales and, and that helps us reflect on our own lives. Um, I suppose in relationship to BAFTA obviously we believe um, of the transformative powers that film games and television can have on someone's life and the positive impact it can have but there is sometimes the association that especially sometimes sitting down and watching at TV is seen as a guilty pleasure and I want to fi find out from you kind of how you how we demystify those myths in a way of it being seen as a guilt and how it can be helped as a tool to rest and to relax and to lead to kind of mindfulness rather than just being seen as another distraction in our already overcrowded lives. Yes I think one of the difficulties with 
one of the difficulties with rest altogether is that uh, a lot of people feel guilty at the moment they stop doing things that they think they should be doing. And I think it's interesting that even in, in lockdown, people are feeling they should do that well, that they should, you know, make sourdough loaves and learn the piano and do all sorts of things. And people put these pressures on ourselves. And I think we all put these pressures on ourselves in a way. And we found that 9% of people felt guilty whenever they rested. And I think TV gets associated with sort of phrases like, oh, you know, rots your brain and couch potato and things like that. And in a sense, watching TV, which could be all sorts of different things, films, you know, dramas, soaps, whatever, has, has sort of got itself a, a, an unfairly bad reputation in a way that um, there are some real positives from watching uh, TV and lots of different things that are good about it. And I think it's partly because there have been studies where you look at, they look at people's well-being and they look at how much TV they watch. Um, and it is true that if people watch a massive amount of it, and there's a huge Brazilian study on this, and, and we're talking about people watching more than five hours of TV every day, then this does seem to put people, <coughs> excuse me, this does seem to put people at higher risk of, of depression. And we know that well-being levels are lower if people watch lots of TV. But sometimes that's because other things are going on as well. So if, for example, people are unemployed and they don't want to be, or they are um, uh, ill and can't uh, get out and can't do other things, then sometimes um, that TV might be the one thing they can do. And so there may be other things, in fact, that are impacting on their well-being. So I think we need to be careful not, not to, to see it just as a negative thing because there are so many positives if we don't go over the top with it. But I think that uh, one of the things it allows us is an escapism from our own lives and, an, and a chance to, in a way, compare them with other lives. And even when things are all going wrong for you, you might see other things that happen on TV, which are so much worse, um, which can make your own life um, seem a bit better. And I think it is quite a sociable thing to do as well. I think that um, we know that from research that 20% of the time people are chatting while they're watching TV. So there's a kind of shared happy companionship of sitting on the sofa together watching something sharing in the drama of something talking about what's happening um some people have called it a sort of social grease that in a way we're um uh, we're comparing what the characters do what we might do we're talking about those things it makes us reflect on our own lives um as well and often people are doing something else as well i mean now lots of people are you know, dual screening or multi-screening and they may be, you know, talking about a program on social media while they're watching it. But we know that even in a study right back in 1981, two thirds of people were doing, uh, sometimes do a second activity while they're watching TV. So I think it's unfair to see it as a, as a, as a kind of lazy thing. There are so many benefits to watching things. Um, that's interesting, the idea of the second activity, because I'm, kind of, I'm guilty of that myself whether it be kind of perhaps sometimes thinking that I need to do, I need to like get through the laundry and do all the ironing while I'm watching TV or just from a very kind of multi-screen nature of it, have my phone or maybe scroll, be scrolling through my iPad. And do you think those, the multitasking while watching TV, are the, would you suggest those are perhaps not benefits of kind of to reach a state of restfulness or do they all aid to different parts of the kind of the art of being able to relax in a way? I think that's a really interesting question. I think that doing something like ironing at the same time, I think is, is, is fine. I do do sometimes do the ironing myself at the same time. Um, and, but I think that possibly multi-screening is not such a good idea because it is, 
unless it is focused on that thing. I think it's fine if you're watching the program and you're chatting about the program with people because you're still focused on that. But I think that if you are scrolling through your emails, or, or looking at you know just social media generally not related to the program while you're watching it then I think that can spoil some of the restful experience because I think then you don't get as immersed in it you know in a way without it feeling like another task to do it would be good to to watch tv mindfully you know to become really involved in in that film say and you know what the uh, and, and that world that the filmmakers are are creating for you because I think what, what isn't amazing in a way is that um, people will sometimes say, oh, you know, it's such a, it's a, you know, it's a waste of time. But these stories that are being told in front of us, that unfold in front of us are being, you know, the, you've got the best filmmakers in the world, the best actors in the world, the best scriptwriters making these amazing stories that are so um, immersive and so powerful and can tell us so much. And so I think in a way we should possibly give more attention to it rather than less, unless it's something where you are talking about it or unless it's that you're talking to the other people and then you're talking about it. I mean, you only need to watch something like Gogglebox to see that people love talking while the TV is going on. Um, and that is a social thing too, and that usually it is, it is about those programs as well. I love Gogglebox, love it. It's the opportunity to hear people say what you're thinking and uh, bringing kind of, going on from that on the communal experience of watching TV with people um, and the relationship to kind of the shared experiences. Do you think there is kind of the benefits of watching together as opposed to watching on your own? Have you noticed kind of in your studies a difference in people's approach to it, and especially in terms, in terms of rest, whether there's a difference between the communal experience of it or if the solitary experience can perhaps immerse you more into it? Yeah, it's a really interesting question. And I don't, I can't think of research that has directly compared that. I mean, what we do know is that the benefits say of watching it with other people are uh, that it, you know, improves those social relations, if you like, because you are together in a joint venture. And that's, that's always, you know, a nice thing if that's with people that um, you like. But also we know that um, in particular, some older people use TV to um, temporarily cope with isolation. Um, and to cope with feeling a bit lonely, say, on one particular day. And sometimes I think that's been seen as a negative thing and sort of thinking, oh, people are just being, you know, imagining that they're friends with people on TV because they have, you know, nothing else in their lives and isn't this terribly sad. And I don't think it is because there's some really interesting research where pe older people were knew that they were using TV as company when they didn't have company um, and also were monitoring their own well-being by doing that. And so they were keeping an eye on themselves and they were noticing if they stopped seeing other friends so much and were only watching TV, they started to notice this and then make changes in their lives. And so I think, I think people use, use all these things. We, we use them much more knowingly, if you like, and, and much more, we, we, we kind of know in some ways what's good for us. And I think that, um, so I think either on your own or with other people can both, can both be uh, enjoyable things. And I think that it's interesting that there's a study of, um, uh, students binge watching programs and it's interesting we even have the the phrase binge watching you know implies it's a, a bad thing um, uh, like you know eating loads and loads of food at once that, that this can't possibly be a good thing but in fact 
they found that the students were deeply engaged in what they were watching and that because they binge watched lots of them in a row they became even more deeply engaged um, with those characters and with those stories and actually then got a deeper more meaningful experience from it so obviously you know it's not a good idea to do that every day and the problem is if you if you because you are binge watching so much if you don't get exercise or you don't then get sleep it's more about what you miss out on than the thing itself being problematic i think the thing itself can be really powerful i suppose yeah the generational aspect that you've mentioned the differences between different generations and their television consumption we've seen that as i mentioned before the kind of guilt factor i think is far more generational than it is um you know with the millennial with millennials it's kind of it's part it's an activity that's very social at the same time um yeah i think that's true and i think it's interesting in a way that because uh you know tv used to be more sparse and you know on a on a sunday say you know i can remember growing up and on a sunday the shops you know the shops were shut and so you couldn't go and rent a video on a Sunday. So unless you watched what was on, on TV at that particular moment, or perhaps once we had videos, if you'd videoed something, then you really just couldn't have it. Whereas now it's, you know, there is a wealth of stuff out there all the time at everybody's fingertips. And I think there's a whole generation who've grown up with that. And I think it's interesting that the guilt is more amongst these, those who were younger where it was more, more sparse, but maybe because they grew up with it as more of a, of a treat and this is the thing you've done when you do everything else when you've done everything you need to do this is the thing you can do because it's a special treat whereas now it's just you know it's everywhere and it's accessible and now the difficulty is more of choosing what it is you're going to um, invest your time in and what's going to be the best way of investing that time exactly and i think you're right in the sense that the very activity of film and tv and games has to be reframed um, and the positive benefits of, you know, experiencing those things and them being part of your life, obviously, in moderation, kind of all the sensory overload that we have at the moment, you're often told, as I've said, kind of to stay away from kind of games, TV, film, but they can aid in helping you to, as you said, relax and calm down. Um, yeah, and I think and I think it's definitely a question of, as you say, it's definitely moderation. That's definitely really, really important. But also, I think it's a question of what you choose to watch as well, because I think that one of the things um, we do know is that um, uh, time can often feel when if you've been watching TV, can time can feel afterwards as if it's gone very fast. And so sometimes people say that means it was wasted time and that it's kind of disappeared. And it, it hasn't if you watch something that is memorable um, and if you don't so I think it's a question of really being selective about what you choose and choosing those very best best you know films or dramas if that if that you know if that's what you like and those things will stay with you forever so I think you know it's a few years ago now when you know I don't know how many hours the whole of Breaking Bad is but I watched the whole of The Wire and the whole of Breaking Bad and there are scenes I will remember in all of those you know forever um and and the kind of atmosphere of both of those that just stays with you because they were such you know such exceptional and amazing pieces of drama and so i think it's interesting that people you know people don't accuse people of you know binge reading war and peace for if they decide to spend all weekend <laughs> reading that so there, there's a kind of judgmental thing about it when it does completely depend on what you're watching and some things will be much less satisfying than others and the things that don't build uh, new memories are things where then the time will seem as if it's gone and just disappeared because one of the ways we judge how much time has passed is by how many new memories that we make. Even now, kind of at the moment, I've seen going around on Facebook and Instagram, there's people um, 
asking friends to post pictures of um, from a scene from their favorite 10 films or TV shows of all time. And it, I was asked to do it in fact, and it was fascinating for me just to go back kind of in my 40 plus years of going back through what I've watched and what's had an impact. I mean, especially as I work obviously in film games and TV to pick out and select the 10 things that had a massive impact. And there was hundreds of things that I could have picked, but it was really special to be able to associate kind of these 10 particular scenes emotionally and the kind of emotional impact they've had on me as a viewer and how they've stayed in my mind as memories, as times in my life or lessons they've taught me about myself or about the wider world. And I suppose I wanted to ask in terms of kind of then in terms of viewing, the relationship to viewing and feeling and how the health benefits of that can watching or playing harness different things can it you know increase levels of empathy sympathy emotional kind of anger even have you found that you know it relates goes much further than just you know seen as a way to relax or peace or restfulness is there something that kind of goes beyond I think it does go beyond that. I think it's really interesting that if you look at the uh, research that's been done on reading novels, for example, there's been lots of work on novels and empathy and how they, um, how uh, if people read more novels, it improves their own sense of empathy. Um, and there hasn't been nearly so much work done on this with uh, TV drama, say, or film drama. But um, I think if something is very immersive in the best things that immerse that you can get immersed in in the way that you get immersed in, in a book and particularly ones which allow you to really see things from one person's perspective then they do give you the chance to put yourself in other people's shoes and i think we should expect that to also um, improve our empathy that we can have for other people and so i think in one way uh, that we watch things in different ways. So sometimes uh, we are re really empathizing with what's going on for that particular character, but also it does make us reflect back on our own lives as well. And we think, well, what would, what would I do in that particular situation? Or does it remind me of something else? I and mean, then one thing we know that is that novels and watching TV and um, films and drama can, um, uh, is almost a jumping off point sometimes for daydreaming. And that um, people, aren't necessarily concentrating all the time which i know is not nice for the writers but people are not necessarily concentrating at every moment but something has um sort of sparked something else in their minds and we know that there are lots of benefits lots of psychological benefits from uh daydreaming if you're not daydreaming about things that really upset you so um there are benefits from that and and tv because there's all these different stories can can give us that and can be a jumping off point for that so i think that can be beneficial and then I think also we emotionally invest in the characters and we, uh, we, we kind of practice, uh, particularly when you're younger, you know, practice experiencing some of those emotions. We know from research that people really like uh, stories, particularly in soap operas, say, on TV. We know that people like stories where um, good things happen to the good people and bad things happen to the bad people. Um, and that people find those very satisfying and feel better after they've watched those. And what I think is interesting is that um, that's not, of course, what always happens. Sometimes bad things happen to the really nice people. Um, and it's interesting that people still really do like um, watching that and that we do like watching sad films and that many people will say they find it cathartic and people will talk about phrases like a good cry. And we will deliberately go say, you know, people will, when they can go to the cinema, 
cinema and go see a film where you know that this film is going to be sad because you know what it's about or someone else has, has told you and yet we still like those tragedies as well and I think it gives us a chance to to practice all those things and to wonder well how would I deal with that what 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 would this be like which then may make us appreciate more the things that that we do have that we haven't lost if we see loss in films and in dramas it is the age old you know that it's said by everyone but you know tv games film transports you often to a world that is not your own more times than not so far from your own but you experience you know other people's cultures religions races you experience a kind of just you know a different way of life and a different choice in someone's lifestyle which you know you would never have and that's kind of what i think makes it for me so appealing you know i see it more as an education sometimes than even just distraction even when it's something you know as some people might say that soap operas are frivolous but you know again it's the everyday life of you know kind of the country that you're within and kind of getting to experience that on a you know on a different level uh, i wanted just to kind of skip back a little bit just to what the notion of mindfulness i know there's a lot of people that you know we hear the term every a lot every day now we think we know what it is but what would you say for people that don't know what is the theory behind mindfulness so mindfulness is to the idea of mindfulness is to bring your attention to all your different senses and all the things you're experiencing at that moment and what you're experiencing kind of in your body at that moment and often it will focus on the breath and the breathing at that moment and there's so many different types of mindfulness and all sorts of things that get put under the umbrella of, of mindfulness now but um sort of essentially it is kind of well so what can i what can i hear right now what can i see right now what can i uh, touch right now smell right now all those different senses all those different things that are coming on uh, that are happening to you that how you can feel say if you're sitting on a chair you know your your legs against the chair um, and your body against the chair what that feels like and in it's a way of con learning to concentrate as a technique to concentrate on all those things um, and to when other thoughts come into your mind as they as they do all the time and people will when they're learning will sort of have all these thoughts about am i doing this right am i doing this wrong is to not tighten banish those thoughts not just say it's not that they're bad or wrong but just to accept that they're there and then get back to what it is you're trying to think about again and you can do other things mindfully as well so obviously you know pure mindfulness will mean sitting down and practicing that but you can do things mindfully so you can go for a walk mindfully you can do the washing up mindfully and think about the water on your hands and what that feels like and what you can see and the bits you're scraping off and and really really concentrate on that and i think that you can also do things like watching tv more mindfully you know you you can decide that you are going to really concentrate and become absorbed in it and and look at it for everything you can instead of being distracted by some of the other things going on around you now that's very different from sitting uh watching tv and chatting to other people say you know it's, it's a kind of different experience and just on a very personal level um what do you do in terms of watching film or tv are there things the particular shows that you watch that you know help you relax and rest uh yes so i so i do really like you know box sets and end up you know watching lots of uh, box sets on you know iplayer or, or netflix and um 
funnily enough, we were discussing, me and my husband were discussing only this week whether it's better to watch, to have several on the go at a time, um, or whether it's better to, to watch all of one and then all of another so that you get really absorbed in it. And every night you then watch that again. And obviously during, during lockdown, it's a bit different because usually sometimes we'd be out. And so sometimes, obviously, we're never out. So um, uh, it's a bit different deciding whether you want all the evenings to kind of be a little bit the same with the same programme. But you can get really absorbed in them. And so uh, you know at the moment uh you know i'm watching normal people which is you know i really read the book but i think the, you know the series is excellent and uh i'm watching big little lies and uh i'm watching also watching better call saul and it's just lovely knowing that there's loads and loads of those and sometimes when with the really good things like if you meet someone who hasn't seen i don't know i mentioned breaking bad if you meet someone who hasn't seen it i feel quite envious for the joy they've got ahead of them and i love it when people recommend something new to me and say this is this is really really good and there's a couple of scandy dramas that have been on bbc before one's on at the moment and there's one that was just on called twin and there's one with happiness in the title that other people have told me are really good and i think those might be next Oh, yeah, I know that excitement you get when you know that you're sitting down, the first episode plays and you know, you're like, I'm going to love this. And then, yeah, it's just and then sharing that with with a lot of people during this uh, lockdown time. I don't know if you noticed different patterns of television watching. I know that I certainly I think that I might actually be watching less, which is um, really unusual for someone that works in film and tv uh, but have you noticed with friends and families of people spoken to you about their patterns of watching during this time yes i think one of the things people have told me that they're doing is watching more films um and because that now it makes an event of an evening if you decide well what we're going to do tonight is to is to watch a film um and particularly if you decide to watch it in advance i think it's really interesting to see how popular the um the national theater screenings of plays have been um i watched frankenstein last night um and uh, and saw that you know two million other people had had, had watched the version that i saw because obviously there's the versions where they swap the actors um and um i wonder if people are dipping more into things that they might not have watched and might not have uh that might seem a bit heavy sort of on a night when you on a day when you've you know been to work and had a really long day and traveled and commuted that you may then just think oh we just need something really easy and I wonder if now people if they have more time and of course not everyone does have more time at the moment but the people that do whether they're now thinking well this is the time we can sit down and watch the films we've been meaning to watch I did think at the beginning of lockdown that I was going to watch loads and loads of old classic films and I haven't got round to any yet I've done one curse on cinema thing where we, where we uh, paid for a film that would have been in the cinema and I really liked that because I really liked the fact you can still see something brand new i do like that idea yeah no it's great that people you know can still have a semi-cinema experience at home um thank you so much for this that's all right nice to uh, very nice to talk to you you too take care good luck with everything thank you, you. Bye. bye thanks for joining us and remember you can listen to bafta podcasts on spotify apple podcasts podbean luminary soundcloud and youtube many thanks to my guest claudia hammond and thanks to you for listening claudia's new book the art of rest is available now wherever books are sold